Welcome to WPC Smash, your stop for wrestling and pop culture smashed together. I am Ian, this is Mike Moran, and this is Hipster, and we are going to immerse you into our world of wrestling, sports, fantasy sports, music, movies, and pop culture. Alright, welcome to WPC Smash episode 9. Yeah, that's right, episode 9. Shout out to the ninth wonder of the world, China. Rest in peace, girl. Woo-woo! What's Too up? sweet. Too sweet for Dude, China. Dude, welcome. Man? How was your week, brother? It was good. It was good. Normal normal week, you know. Yeah? Yep, so that's good in my opinion. Nice, nice. Yeah, dude. A lot of wrestling. I watched a lot of wrestling this there was, week. There was a lot of good wrestling. And, sure. uh, you know, with the G1 wrapping up, we definitely got a lot to talk about there. We got SummerSlam next week, so we're definitely going to preview that and everything that we know what's going on there. And we also are going to dig into the Spotlight Match of the Week, of course. Wrap it up right. with a little uh, pop culture. I know we got some video game news. And uh, we'll see what we got left time for. So uh, let's get it done, man. SummerSlam, what yeah. are you thinking about it, dude? I'm starting to like the way it fills out. And I was a little annoyed the way um, there wasn't any big, long storylines going into it. This is SummerSlam. Right. Like, and we're getting three-week storylines. But these are kind of somewhat matches that I, I want to see. Yeah, they're executing them. They're executing the storylines quickly, if you will. But you're right. Um, The only like storyline I can think of that is like a long term, but it's all smushed into one match. Like Joe and Brock has kind of been a little long, and obviously Braun Strowman and Roman have been going along, but they're all smushed into the same match. Yeah, I don't even know if that really counts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's the only thing I can I can really think of. I mean. I mean, right off the bat, I'm stoked to watch the Hardy Boys, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows go at it. The Good Brothers. Oh, yeah. Too sweet. Oh, definitely. That's, that's what I'm saying, sweet bro. Like, you know that's going to be a good match. They're yeah. making the run on the live shows right now, working mm. out their moves and all that stuff. So, I, I mean, we're going to get a good match. How was there. it? Tell me. It was good. Yeah, man, you were there. I was there for, right. like, the first hour. And my kid wanted to go home early because he was very tired. And he's a young man, and I gladly he's a young good brother. fulfilled his wishes. Right. And he was happy once. But he you saw... got to see the Hardy Boys and Good Brothers, dude. I mean, once he that, saw the Good Brothers match. and Finn Balor, we were good to go. Nice. I was good to go. Very good. You know, yeah, dude. But um, so it was good. It's cool to see him live. I don't think that they brought anything to the table that they're going to show us on a pay per view. So yeah. I'm real excited to see what they do on SummerSlam with this main stage. I mean, there's no titles involved. Do you think this is going to be on the uh, pre-show? I mean, I haven't. Unfortunately, heard that. yes. I I kind of think it's going to yep. be. I think it is. Do you think that we're going to get any gimmicks or weird things this last week of Raw with that they're going to lay on us? Like a gimmick-type match? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No. Just a straight-up tag-team so. match, yep. grudge match. Yep. It'll be a good one. I don't care. That's fine. Yep, absolutely. Um, I like that match. Yeah. Right on paper, yep. Another one that I think is going to be good, uh, The Miz and Jason Jordan. I'm going to tell you why I think it's going to be good, because The Miz makes everybody look good. And he could even make Jason Jordan look good, who's not helping himself right now in my honest opinion yeah going over on them squashes against the no names it's that's fine with me but the, his, his mic work oh my god it is good not, thing when it's bell good. to bell they're not talking you know it is and, not good yeah i mean he is not ready and i'm sure vince is like there's no way i'm taking the strap off miz and putting it on him so i pray we shall see you know and, that, and that's the beauty push right now that's the beauty of wwe anything can happen but they could turn it right now and, and he we could get the storyline where he's like daddy comes in and he's like it's okay son you don't always have to be. You're still number one in my book. You know what I mean? Blah, blah, blah. I do it. We shall see. Yeah. What do you think? I don't know. I really don't know. It's going to be a good match because, again, it's The Miz. Yeah. 
I'm thinking like the Miz keeps the strap. I'm going to go Miz keeps the strap. All right. And uh, jump right into the tag team titles. Sheamus and Cesaro versus two-thirds of the Shield. Is that what we're getting? I believe so. It absolutely is, man. Yes, sir. You know, um, I think that uh, the Shield, they're going to put them right back on them. And, like, you they're think? Gonna, they're going to give them the rocket. I think it's too much <clears throat> too soon. I don't know, but I, you think they're all going to get together before they start, like, giving them scraps and all that stuff? Possibly, and I think... I've been thinking that they're just going to recycle everything all over again. They're going to come together for whatever period of time, and then boom, they can just start over with them fighting each other again. Yeah, It's kind of like they're hitting the reset button in our minds that, yeah, this did happen three years ago. So now we're getting the feel-good shield, if you will. And then, like, I literally was thinking and watching around, like, okay, these guys are going to be fighting each other in due time. Yeah, yeah. We'll see it. Something will happen down the road, man. And, but I'm still excited I'm to see it. Because I'm liking Sheamus and, and Cesaro right now. Like they're I think they're together coming together. Like definitely. I like them more and more each time I see them. Um, I know at first I thought that they were like doing too much tag team stuff, like pose wise and all that, and kind of like not having like one or two things that they do tag team wise. But yeah. they have like six. Right. And uh, but it's growing. It's on coming me. together, right? It, Their tag team moves work. Absolutely, and. Uh, their attire is is uh the entrance attire is kind of the same, so that's yeah. cool. Like they're oh they're, they're working it. They're, they're working doing it. the tag team thing. Like these guys are yep. trying to like be a big time tag team. I like Sheamus's uh, aviators now. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. a little badass. Even when he's not in the matches, he's like out on the on the apron. So let's you know. see what happens, man. I'm definitely thinking that uh, Shield boys go over, and you like Sheamus and Cesaro, yes, so that'll be a fun one to watch. Yep. Uh, jumping right into one that might not be as fun would be uh, the Big Show versus Big Cass. Uh, I mean. There's the first one was good, and they once or twice more they've gone at it. Definitely yeah. once, but mm-hmm. I, it might be twice. And I don't, I, I don't remember anything being good except for that first match. Definitely, because all it's been lately is just like beat downs when someone's not looking. Yeah, you know, and then and there was one time Big Show just punched him in the face, which is cool. You know, he did his uh, WMD, but yeah. I don't know. I, I'm hoping for Big Show's sake. The Big Show fan in me put on a great match for a SummerSlam. This could be his last SummerSlam. Ugh. But I'm also thinking Big Show is such a good brother that he's putting over um, Cass. He's absolutely Cass putting over right. Cass. I 100% agree with you there. But, dude, I'm, I'm not happy about it. I don't think Big Cass is stepping up to the plate. So, I mean, they could. You see he's trying, but I don't know if he's trying too hard. Something needs to happen. I think you, if you picture this, if you interject Matt Morgan into Big Cass's spot right now, do you think he's a superstar and fighting for the title? Probably. Matt Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. He's the same guy. He's seven feet tall, skinny, like good looking. Like Matt Morgan's the same guy, but he can do yeah wonders on the mic. Like that's what it is. Like yeah. this guy just doesn't have it. Sorry, or practice it. It's out funny. back, not. You know, beating up Big Show, getting your practice time in, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's definitely funny you bring up Matt Morgan because uh, not too long ago we were talking about TNA, and we're going to talk about TNA later during the spotlight. Yes, we are. Matt Morgan is on the list of people that I'm talking about in TNA, you know? Yeah. So that is awesome that you actually said that. He's legit, bro. I know. Somebody who, if, if it's his size and his body... He's just not the right guy. And there's other guys out there. So go get him. Go get Matt Morgan yeah. and put him in that spot. Exactly. F you, Big Cass. Go back to en- with Enzo, you know, and win the tag team titles. No, this is what I personally think with Big Cass. Enzo needs to go away. 
And and yes, I mean I have their old entrance music as my ringtone and everything. Do you think Enzo it, needs to go away. Yeah. Big Cass needs to move on. And if using Big Show right now is his way to get rid of Enzo. I think this is the payoff for that. I'm think, hoping so. Yeah. I hope there's just nothing but a sweet old beatdown, maybe a chair gimmick on the ankle of Enzo or maybe on the throat yeah. <laughs> so he can't talk. Honestly, Enzo needs to just go away right now. That would be best for Big Cass, in my opinion. I don't think he's good in the ring either, to be honest with you. Cass? I, oh, yeah. Hey, I, for, I think with a suit on and standing that, you know, standing up in the middle of the ring, he looks great. This is what he really needs, and it's He's obvious. like a number one fantasy pick that doesn't like play out for you during yeah. the year. He's like, man, he looks he's, great on paper. He's like picking Eddie Lacy first, you know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> you know about that. Dude, we've all done it. Like, you sit there and you, you invest all this time and this money into this guy, and that that's who's gonna you're going to ride your fantasy season on, and... He just doesn't pay you pay off for you, and I think Big Cass is that guy. I, I don't think he's got the mic work, and he doesn't have the ring work to back it up. That's a problem for me. We, you know? I mean, and yeah. that's... I, it's this sad is what he needs. Then this is the truth, and everyone knows it. And, and this is fantasy booking here. If, and I'm going forward, if Brock Lesnar happens to lose and he leaves per storyline, Paul Heyman needs a guy. Paul Heyman has someone like Big Cass. Big Cass can do something. I think if they asked Paul Heyman to work with Big Cass, they would laugh at him. They would be like, he'd be like, dude, I don't work with guys that can't work. Who do you think he would work with? Heyman? Yeah. Ziggler? Uh, he would be good for, for him. I don't know, man. Somebody like that. Yeah, it's a tough one. It is a tough one. Or you think Heyman just takes a vacation? Bro. Yeah. I, I'm just I saying, I, fantasy, like fantasy booking-wise, who, who would, right I, now, who would we put... Heyman with that would just be. Awesome. I would rather see him leave than, um, you know, be with somebody else right now. It doesn't really work when he's with other people, right. if you ask me. Just throwing um, it out there. My bad. What do you think? Anyway. Like, what do you think? Uh, You're the one who threw it I out know, there. I know. Like, I know. I know. You had some my, big payoff story no, that you don't lay my, out on my me. My mind's racing right now. Like, it's tough. When you just said it to me, I was like, oh, I know. It was on the spot. Like, even, even for my, my I own. No show right prep now. on that. Jesus. <laughs> Dude, but the modern day Maharaja, or yeah, Man- Maharaja. That's what I'm saying. I like Straight him too, up. and people are hating on him. I don't care. I think he's doing his job. Yep. He's doing what he's told to oh, do. Oh hell yeah! But I think it would be nuclear it. with Heyman. <clears throat> oh yeah, that would be crazy. That would that'd that be would my be pick. Nuclear. Stamp it. Boop. <laughs> All right, uh, Randy Orton and Rusev. Been there, done that. Even though we haven't, it kind of no, seems I don't like think we have. Done that. It just feels like we have. Randy Orton's been there, done that with everybody, and it kind of seems like Rusev's been tossed around the last few years, and he's kind of been with all the big names. Which is good. It's good for Rusev, and yeah. doesn't do anything negatively to Randy Orton. No, I don't think so. If either. you look at it this way, Randy Orton will have a better match this year than he did last year at SummerSlam because last year he just got the crap kicked out of him by Brock Lesnar. You know, so. I liked it. He took some hard elbows. <laughs> yeah, but it was just quick. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> he took some hard elbows <laughs> a little too quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, I think I think Rusev's going to go over. I think, really? Yeah, why not? They just made Randy, you know, look strong on SmackDown last That's week true. by Beating letting him pin. Yeah, he's going to go back into a thing with them. And I think the title's coming off of Maharaja at some point soon, and it's going back on Randy. All right. I, I think so. Um, <clears throat> the little grudge match, which just started last week, was John Cena and Baron Corbin. Apparently, they don't like each other. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
dumpster fire is that what's called <laughs> is, that, is what's that what they call them yeah they, dumpster they fire them? yeah and then yeah. i guess during a dark match um corbin was doing his his gimmick and beating up shinsuke behind the scenes and cena came out and made the save so Cena doesn't like that, and I want to match with you. Yeah. Never back down, brother. Yeah, Corbin came out and um, basically attacked uh, Nakamura, like you said, and Cena yeah. made the save, and now we have, hurrah, a SummerSlam match. Yeah. Like, these matches used to be have been put together, like, for so long beforehand, and this kind of blows my mind, but whatever. John Cena is going to put over Baron. Congratulations. No, well, I think Cena is going to win. You do? But he's it's going to showcase that Corbin can work with the top guy, with the top guy. Okay. On on a big stage. And still walk away and be like, I don't need to win or lose. I got the exactly. briefcase. Okay, yep. cool. I like and that. And even if he loses and he humbles him, he's still going to be like, I uh, it was John Cena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like I was fighting Ziggler. Or whatever else he wants to say. Like, it was against John Cena. They're probably so looking for John Cena's way. approval. Like, whatever John yep. Cena says when he comes backstage will literally be their kid's future. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. it could possibly. Um, SmackDown titles. New Day's the champs. Usos. I would yeah. love to see the heels win it right now. Dude, the, I'm bored with uh, New Day. You they are? Can, yeah, dude. I've been bored with New Day. They can do their own thing. I like Xavier Woods. Yeah. Put the United States title on him. Oof. <laughs> You know what I mean? He's my boy. He'll get you some internet followers, dude. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, but I don't think that's going to happen. They like the money train that the Usos bring in as far as the merch goes. And the uh, New Day brings in the merch, too, if if you're going back and forth. Yeah. Everybody brings it. Usos. Usos are bringing in merch because they're actually making the merch now. I noticed they're getting some new shirts and stuff. So that's good. Like, I'd get a Uso shirt. We'll see. You know, time will tell. But the New Day merch is like. John Cena. I think I mixed them up when I said it. Yeah. Oh, all right. Uh, no obviously. Um, but yeah, whatever. I, it's a, it's good. It's gonna be a standard tag team match. Right. Um, Hopefully I, they'll bust out. The some Usos of the are probably gonna shine. You know, they, they'll do some. They did. Uh, oh crap! I like totally like watched it. And made a note of it too on like a SmackDown or a SmackDown before. Um, but they did something different. You know, uh, they're getting more physical with their moves and trying Definitely. to do things a little cooler and. They're growing on me week by week, you know. Definitely, down, yeah. It doesn't down. take much for me, so I've been I'm preaching. Gro- I'm it. definitely growing towards them, and I'm th- I've been bored with the new day for a while, so it is what it is. Like I, but they're gonna. It'll keep be an entertaining match, and and what helps it too is the atmosphere. Of Could the be arena. a show stealer because the Usos been laying it down the last, you know. Right. SmackDown hasn't been that great, and the Usos matches have been the highlights. And even Usos versus New Day, that those. That match, that last match, we went over it. It was awesome. And, and, and at now, I hope we can see it like expand from there and not just like become another boring, we've seen this four or five times match. No, I don't know. Maybe it's just There's me. There's not a big tag team roster, man. They're going to fight each other so many times from now until next SummerSlam, too. Like, how many times can we see this? No, nah, we, we shall see. Time will tell. You never know. But, but what I'm saying is SummerSlam atmosphere is a little bit different. So... The crowd pops are going to be different. And yeah, I don't yeah, know how yeah. to explain it. Like I'm always excited watching SummerSlam. I'm, it's going to be The big good. four yeah. does something for me. I like Survivor Series even though everybody hates on it. You like it? I like it if they would do more Survivor Series matches. Yeah, if they did like five or six of them like the old ones used to do. Yeah, and all the one, one-on-one match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most definitely, man. 
Speaking of one-on-one matches, we jump into the women's championship match on SmackDown. Natalia and Naomi. We kind of talked about it last week, but yep. real quick, man, I think Natalia's going over her, and I think she deserves it. How about you, man? Yep, you got the stamp of approval from WPC Smash, Natty. Go I, get him, girl. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, Raw's women's championship. It's going to end up being Alexa Bliss coming in with the title. And do we know it's Sasha Banks or Nia Jax? It's one of those two. Tonight, right? We'll find out. You guys will know when this comes out, but we don't know who it's going to be. And I think the answer is the same for both. I think Alicia Alicia. Alexa Bliss is going to win. I think Alicia Fox is going to be on 205 Live (laughs) doing nothing. So let's play both scenarios. Let's just say, for the sake of it, it's going to be Alexa versus Sasha. I think Alexa Bliss. We've seen this before. Bliss goes over because this wasn't even supposed to be the match. So they're not going to change the trap because they weren't considering putting it on right. Sasha Either. Banks before right. this. Right. So I say uh, Sasha win- Sasha, and Alexa. Alexa wins. All right. Clean. Right in the middle. Boom, All right. Boom, any, boom. any trickery? Because last time they nope. went, they did some trickery. All the right. trickeries. Was so the DDT. She's going to drop her. Bam! With the DDT. Maybe she busts out a new move. Who knows? But right. her move right now... Her, her the even flow DVD, she, DVD, DDT, she drives it down, dude. That's right. Like Raven style. Which is tight, nice and smooth. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the even flow DVD. So um, <laughs> if it's Alexa versus Nia Jax, where are they going to go with this? Because even on the WWE.com. That's where we're going to get the swerve. That's where it's going to be a count out victory. Admitting that they're best friends. Like it's true. They are best friends behind the scenes. And, like, when they both got drafted to different shows, it was, like, heartbreaking for them. But even now on the dot-com, and even straight up, because I, unfortunately, was at work last night, but I was watching Twitter, hashtag WWE Worcester Live. And the they, they did a backstage interview at the Centrum, at the DCU Center, with Alexa and Nia Jax chilling as best friends. And they're like, oh, besties are going to do this interview. So it's well known now that they're best friends, but... Oh, maybe they'll try to be friend. competitive. Maybe Nia just snaps that, you know, I'm a badass and, and we see what's up. But if it's that match, you're right. It would be some <clears throat> type of tomfoolery. Count out. Count out. Weird. Yeah, I think DQ, too aggressive, something. It'll be something. We shall see. But either way, Bliss walks away with the strap. And uh, I think she looks good doing it. Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt. I'm kind of... I think this is going to be a funny finish match, too, and I think it's going to be real important where this match is placed. You think? They don't want to... They, Bray Wyatt won his last two matches. Why have him lose again? That would be so deterrent of the direction you're heading with him. Because you it's can't Finn have Finn Bella. Yeah, you can't have him lose either. So this is where, like, we're going to have to get that SummerSlam run-in from somebody from the past that wrecks it all or... Then we have to something weird has to happen. Good point. Um, Could it be a Wyatt family member? Could this is where the Wyatt family comes back together. Right, maybe yeah. Luke Harper or Eric Rowan. Both of them. Boom. They yeah. come down. They come out from under the ring. This is where we get <laughs> something that we weren't expecting. And the match just goes to schmaz. Nobody wins. Nobody loses. Nobody looks If bad. it was my fantasy booking. And I think up until then, it's going to be fantastic wrestling, too. If I think was, these two guys are going to be good. If we can just flip the coin there. You say Wyatt family. If it was my fantasy booking, the Good Brothers would come down with Ooh. for Finn Balor. But, you know, that's in a perfect world. <laughs> All right. So, listen. This is what I thought. All right. I, what I would like to see is um, that to actually happen, you know, and the Good Brothers... Only to come down 
after watching him getting beat for so long and they just tee off on him three on one for three, four, five minutes. It, it gets hard to watch. And all of a sudden, Finn Balor finally can't take it anymore and he runs out and they all two scoot ski in the middle of the ring. <laughs> so rewind that just a little bit because you need to put some names in there because I'm, I am I got messed up with too many he's and he's going to beat him. So. Who's he? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Who's I got, he? I got a little lost. All right, listen. Because I'm digging it. But I need that shovel. <laughs> so help me out, dude. All right. All right. So I'm just fantasy booking here. Right. We love doing this. But it's fun. Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt, they're having a five-star match. And all of a sudden, boom, the Wyatt family comes out of nowhere to start okay. beating down Finn Balor. Luke Harper makes his triumphant return. Um, he's also got Eric Rowan trolling along behind him because he has nothing else With to do. With the sheep mask Yes, on. and they all come. It's a new sheep mask <laughs> because he's a new... Has a little bit more hair. He's a him. little bit tougher than the last time he got beat down a bunch, and we want you to forget about that. But so these guys come, and they beat down Finn Balor. For, I mean, they beat down... Yeah, Finn Balor. Finn Balor for right. The Wyatts are two, all over. Two, three, Balor. four, okay, five okay. minutes. So all of a sudden, the Good Brothers... I did go in a weird direction now that I'm saying it again. Right. The Good Brothers finally can't take it anymore. Run out to make the save on Finn Balor. Everybody two sweet skis in the middle of the room. All right, okay. And we get that SummerSlam So it would be like a DQ, Matt. A oh, DQ. no, yeah, nothing. And like, then it, it becomes a brawlish, and, and uh, the Good Brothers, the club, make the save, and then officially, boop. Baller Club, the club, and we re- see the reunites. two Sweetski in the middle of the ring, which the we know crowds chanting it. And... WWE is not afraid to do that. I bet they don't want to because the Bullet Club's doing their thing, and they don't want to acknowledge that. But if they did that, the place would blow. Yeah, like blow um, up. It the would, roof would come off, as Pete would say, straight butt fire. <laughs> what is it? Pants dropped. Fire. <laughs> That's what would go on at SummerSlam, Dude, man. I hope they do it, man. I would be, it would super be just excited. like, woo! You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that would be wicked exciting, dude. And I, I'm honestly like... We're all little, about that fantasy booking. I'm a little giddy just thinking about the possibility of, like, the Bullet Club coming together inside WWE. You can just call it the club. That's fine with me. But if it's the three original members, like, that's pretty legit. Well, original members, you need Tama Tonga up in yeah, there. Yeah, there's a few. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, that's three of them. Um... Moving right along, AJ Styles, Kevin Owens. AJ Styles got the strap. Kevin Owens chase. This Shane is, McMahon's the ref. This is the blow-off match, and I think this leads to a big problem with Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon, which leads up to a WrestleMania match eventually, or maybe a Survivor Series match. What do you think, Ben? WrestleMania. I think Shane is – that. that's his limit right now. That's cool, but who do you think is going to win the match? Who do I think is going to win the match? <laughs> I think AJ Styles is going to win the match. Me too, bro. Yeah. Although I don't know what they're going to do with the whole I'm the new face of America They're dropping that because they got too many bad guy, like, racist people on on the show right now. I think AJ Styles goes over. You hate me because I'm from India. You hate me because I'm from Bulgaria. You hate me because I'm from Canada. (laughs) And I hate you because I'm not from America. It's all on the same show. Yeah. Yeah. So they're getting rid of that, I'm pretty sure. All right, so I just say AJ. I'm always just going to say AJ no matter what match he's in. I'm sorry. He should win. Write it it down, folks. Yep. At WPC Smash, at Mike Moran, always goes for AJ because he's just too sweet. AJ is too sweet, brother. Jinder Mahal, Shinsuke, 
What do you think happens? Shinsuke. No way. Right now yep. at SummerSlam, you think so? That's Mike Moran's pick because I'm taking in all the buzz. I don't know if you noticed some of the uh, things they're doing on, in WWE on the .com. They had. I did not. They had um, CFO Dollar Sign, who does all the music for WWE, and I'm sorry, I don't remember his name, but the violin player who does Shinsuke's entrance, they had him all all of them all around New York, all the monumental spots around New York, you know, Central Park, at the Barclays Center, in the middle of the city, in the subway, playing Shinsuke's music for SummerSlam hype. Really? All around New York City. So, like, something like that, I think, teases it up a little bit. And then, spoiler alert, not really a spoiler, but I'm also reading on them dirt sheets that they're planning a big either intro or outro for Shinsuke Nakamura. And I think that's just where they're going. And I just think it's time to get the belt off of the Maharaja, Jinder Mahal. And it's just Shinsuke's time. I hear you, man. That That's a... You're swaying me a little bit. That's what I think, man. Boom. I'm thinking Jinder keeps the title, but you're swaying me a little bit. I got to be honest. Jumping over to Rob, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Samoa Joe, Braun Strowman, the four-way, the fatal four-way for the strap. What do you think, man? This is a tough one. I want to I think mean, about we, it, which we, is why I'm jumping into you. Well, first. we went over it a few times, and so have you, has this week of Raw that we've seen since that last uh, episode changed your mind? Me personally, no. Okay, so it really hasn't. It was the last man standing match that was, yep. You know the last thing that we had seen for it, and uh, it's Braun standing tall, yep, and Roman again down. And Lesnar looks strong during his beatdown spot. Oh yeah, the the um the preview, yeah, preview match. Yeah, let me give you a little preview. And then, uh, oh, but Joe, yeah, Joe came in. Joe came in at the end and and cleared him out quickly, you know, and blah blah blah. So, dude, I'm going. It's definitely coming off Brock Lesnar because you thought he was going to keep it. Last I did, said. but then they Do you the still whole think that? no, and I, I said this in prior uh, last week too because you asked that because oh, of yeah. that whole John Bones Jones thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with that being said, I think Samoa Joe is winning the title. Me too. Cool. I Roman Reigns and uh, Braun Strowman have some more work to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, the, they the, this, the story's not done. I think they that, got some unfinished business, brother. To me, that doesn't need a title. So this right. it only makes sense for the title to go on Joe, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And that should ultimately be the uh, payoff for SummerSlam, dude. I'm excited about it. Which one week away? We got Raw tonight. We got SmackDown tomorrow. That's right. And then bam, second biggest show of the year. Yep. WPC Smash gives a two sweep for SummerSlam, brother. Oh, yeah. And I will be at SmackDown Live tomorrow. I'll be doing some live tweeting from WPC Smash. Yeah. So, you know, hit us up on Twitter. Make sure you're following that. And let us know what some of your SummerSlam predictions are at WPC Smash. All right, sweet. Let's get into the Spotlight Match of the Week. <laughs> All right, man. It's Spotlight Match of the Week time. Yeah, dude. This was a good one. Yeah, this was uh, one of my picks. It was... Uh, 2005 Unbreakable. It was a three-way bout. It was a tasty little treat. That's what that was. For the X Division Championship. And it was the champion, Christopher Daniels, versus challengers AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. So, 
Uh, Christopher Daniels is coming in as the heel. The heel, yep. He's yep. the um, longest reigning X Division champ at that time. So he has some tenure. He's coming yeah, in with like the strap. It was like a six month. And that's what it's for. Yeah, yep. yeah. And we got AJ Styles coming in at the, as the company golden boy. Yep, he's already like a couple time triple crown winner, which means he's won and he's every title. he's the only triple crown winner ever at that point, yep. I'm pretty sure, For, for right? TNA, yep. yep. And then you have the unbeaten, undefeated Samoa Joe. Dude, so you have three storylines all condensing into one super match, which wasn't even the main event. And, dude, I got to tell you, I couldn't have been more pleased to watch that match. Yeah, man. That match, uh, I was excited to pick it. It's been on my list of matches to bring up for this because, I mean, I've been a fan of TNA since 2005 um it was on pay-per-views where it was five bucks every wednesday you just you bought that and then yeah i don't even then, remember that then stuff they got since on, i started watching no way then they got on to the fox, fox sports net or something like that and then they were finally on spike but i was a big fan of tna and what I are they on now share. mike what channel are they on now Right now, uh, whatever my DVR says, it's, uh, it's is so it is, pop? It, is it hard to watch, bro? Because yeah. every week I'm like, dude, could I just delete this? Because hopefully, Mike, <laughs> delete, doesn't, delete, hopefully Mike doesn't ask me anything about TNA. But I'm like, it's I not even called TNA anymore. That's how uh, yeah. unfortunate it is. What for is that it called? Company. It's like there's so Global, many questions. Is called, it GFW? Is it Impact? Yes. Because it's GFW, it's, but the show's Impact, right? Like, yes, uh, yeah, exactly. It's Global Force Wrestling presents. It's so Impact. confusing. It should not be confusing to watch wrestling. But it's, what's <laughs> but what's not garbage is this match, dude. Now I gotta be honest. Types, I don't. I never watched this match from start to finish before, and that was phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal AJ yeah. Styles. But no, and I knew that because, again, um, th- this match, I couldn't wait to share it. I couldn't wait for you guys to watch it. And uh, let's just run it down, man. So right right away, both the faces. I mean, Joe wasn't really a face, but he was just like the unbeatable guy. So He, he was the tweener. He was the, the heel that everybody likes. That's yeah. right. So they immediately start going after Christopher Daniels. They're just going nuts on him. Yeah, uh, yeah Soccer yeah. ball kicking him. But then, crowd's going nuts because the two guys that everybody loves are getting over on the heel, you know, picking up all that crowd noise. Right, and it's fast-paced, but then all of a sudden, AJ turns the tables and starts going for the quick roll-up. So, boom, there it is. All bets are off. No one's teaming with anyone. It's, it's just a straight-up brawl. So, they're doing these series of roll-ups, and then all of a sudden, the Samoan submission machine locks in this beautiful submission that looks something like a... Uh, rings of saturn but with his leg locked in it and they they were going off of that um i just thought the way joe moves and transitions into those submissions is just a thing of beauty something you, you weren't seeing on any aspect of wrestling at that time yeah man there was uh, there was so much stuff in it that i've never seen them do before and i was pretty happy to see it like it kind of reminded me of like ring of honor three ways from back in the day with you know, the American Dragon, you know, and uh, these Samoa Joe and Chris, you know, Christopher Daniels was yeah. intertwined, but the matches specifically that I'm thinking of was AJ, Samoa, and uh, American Dragon. But those right, four right. guys were so intertwined for so long that everything they touched was gold. And I just never specifically saw this match. And mm-hmm. the highlights alone will blow you away. The whole match was like a highlight reel, man. I mean, Fast-paced action all the way around. I can't say that enough. It was fast-paced the whole time. 
So then uh, we see Samoa Joe get thrown to the outside. Christopher Daniels comes in with like a middle rope drop kick, but instantly into the best moonsault ever variation. Then all of a sudden you see AJ Styles springboard shooting star press onto the outside of the ring, taking out all competitors. And it was just one spot of the match, dude. Like yeah, that, that, was, that one was just one spot. spot. Speaking like, of highlight, unbelievable. That should that's like a finish. <laughs> right. So then one of my favorite uh, spots of the match, um, we get a springboard to monkey flip. From AJ Styles gets monkey flipped into Samoa Joe. AJ Styles instantly hurricanranas him. Awesome. Like I, I can't explain it too well. You're all gonna just have to check the match out. But yeah, if you can I mean, just if imagine you guys it. watched it, you know what it looked like. And if you're you know just listening to us now and you're gonna watch it coming up uh, shortly after this review, right? I mean, you'll know. But it is amazing. And actually, fun little fact that Mike fired off to me earlier. They redo the spot in 2009 in a rematch. Mm-hmm. But uh, Samoa Joe triple power bombs him instead of him pulling off the Hurricane Rana. That's right. Dude, I like that. I yep. would love to see both. Yeah, I'm going to check Most it out. Most definitely. Um, so then, like I said, keep going with the fast pace action. A lot of false finishes. Um, it's super fast, like indie oh, yeah. fast. Like they're bringing it. They are bringing it. And I didn't watch TNA at this time, but I'm pretty upset I didn't. And I'm going to go back and watch other things. Yeah, a recommendation of yeah, Mike. ask Thank me, you. man. I'll let Absolutely. you know. Um, so then we get a attempted like sunset flip type roll up by Christopher Daniels, which Samoa Joe just reverses into the Coquina clutch, and it it's looking like because the the drama is there, so it's looking like Samoa Joe, the unbeaten Samoa Joe, is gonna make him uh, make Christopher Daniels tap. All of a sudden, we get AJ Styles with the spiral tap. Which, if you don't know what that is, you need to look that up, too. It's one of uh, AJ's old school moves. It's like a flipping, swanton, twisting move. I can't even explain it, but yeah, it's, it's a spiral like a tap. 720 it's 720 corkscrew. Like, On top super of cool. both of them. Um, and then we get a classic double team move, which is like a double suplex off the top rope. But one looked like a back body drop into a suplex. Um we get everyone's classic moves, and if you don't know them, then there shame was, on you. you there was high-quality stuff in this match, and they were back and forth the whole time. We got, Like you said, we got to see every, everybody got their, their shit in. It was mm-hmm. beautiful. It was smooth. These guys have been working with each other for a long time. They've had these kind of matches before. They knew what works with the crowd. They knew what didn't. All three of them were super, super hot in the company. Yep. I mean, this was... Not even the main event on the card, right. which tells you what was going on backstage at this point. And like, this is what TNA needed to get noticed because, like I said, they were still in, in infantry, if you will. Infancy. Um, infancy, <laughs> infantry, because they were in fighting mode, brother. Like, they wanted to be Well, recognized. when you hear the X Division put TNA on the map, it's because of matches like this, the spotlight Definitely. match of the week. That's right. You know, you don't see a lot of times the matches that put the you know the X Division put mm-hmm. TNA on the match, but this is one of them. And uh, thanks to Mike Moran, everybody got a treat for it. Most you know, definitely. It. So you know we get even Samoa Joe with a twisting top rope dive over the top rope onto the outside. He could move. He can still move, but like, dude, the like laid out going over the top oh, rope. Yeah. I don't know. I'd be twisting surprised if I saw too. him going over that. Doing you know. that. And then we got cool. some classic heel moments with. Um, with Daniels, he brings the belt into it. And AJ, uh, not AJ, I'm sorry. Joe actually picks up the belt and says, like, you trying to hit me with this, bro? You trying to, like, he realized he was trying to hit him with it. But then while the ref's not looking, Daniels kicks him in the face, in the, in the belt into the face. 
And then the match. Yeah, it was a good spot. It, was, it definitely was a good spot. And I the, liked and the it. belt went away. It was some heel move, you know, because they needed to still distinguish the story. And they told the story the whole way Trying around. to get that cheap finish in. And, and the, the main basis of the match for, for the lighter guys is get Samoa Joe out of the ring. Get him out of the match. And when they finally did that with AJ does a sick torture rack and not only is he ranking him down for the torture rack submission he all of a sudden twists it into a like almost like an attitude adjustment slam yeah it's on, really on a cool. 280 pound guy you yeah. know so aj styles definitely you know got some strength behind him so the match is going on and then to finish we see christopher daniels going for the the angels wings which is like Almost like a lift-up pedigree flapjack. So he has AJ's arms behind him. AJ counters it into like a flipping almost suplex with a bridge for the one, two, three. Crowd goes nuts because AJ is now not only the X Division champ, but he has been previously the world champ. So it was a big thing for AJ to come back down into the X Division, even though there's no weight class in X Division. The X is almost like extreme division, if you will. Cause yeah. There was, there was no... You're but, willing to lay it out there for that title when so, you're in the X yeah. Division. That's basically what that means. And that finish, dude, it was awesome. I've never seen it before. I've never seen it since. Yep. And it deserves to be you know, put on that pedestal of never being seen again because it was done so perfectly that one time. And yep. I liked everything about that match. I was super excited, man. I was super, super excited to... You know, see some TNA in our spotlight match of the week. They're not always going to get some love. Mm-hmm. But that match right there reminded me of why I suffer through it each week, hoping that, that can something like that can, you know, lightning in a bottle, as I say, could happen again where three of those guys get together that just have chemistry that will totally, totally blow you away, you know? Yeah, most definitely. And like you said before, there was a rematch four years later. So go check that out as well if you're interested because same three guys, same type of match, but it, I don't think it holds a candle to this spotlight match. And I was finally excited to pull some TNA out, like you said. Uh, what do you got in store for us next week? Spotlight match of the week next week, you know, I hope compares to what we just watched because that was a physical spectacle and, you know, Everybody could be perfectly excited to hear that, you know, so see that, <laughs> you know, ECW, Barely Legal, 1997, that's where we're jumping next. Oh, my God. This pay-per-view almost didn't happen, you know, pay-per-view companies were nervous that it was, like, real-ish and mm. that it was, like, real fighting, Violent. basically. Yeah, before UFC was UFC and it was okay, basically. So everybody was nervous about it. It was at the ECW Arena, of course, in classic ECW country, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And uh, I chose the main event, Sabu versus Taz. The reason I uh, chose it is not because it was for the title, because it wasn't. It it was the the main main event, but it was uh, not for the title. Raven held it at that point. But this match had the most buildup out of any grudge match that no title was needed, no gimmicks Mm -hmm. were needed, no fancy, you know, match name or, you know, promo work was needed. Right. All the talking was done in the ring. Taz laid some great promos. I'm not going to get too far into it, but, like, it was an all-around spectacle for ECW, and we got to see it at that, you know, first live pay-per-view from them. And I'm super excited to talk about it, man. So, one more time, it's ECW, Barely Legal, 1997, 
the main event, Sabu versus Taz, and you can catch that on the WWE Network for $9.99. Yes, sir. Too sweet? Sweet. Boom. All right, man. So spotlight match of the week. That is definitely most excellent. Still, probably my favorite part of this whole podcast. Um, But... Another thing we're going to touch on while we're still in wrestling mode is the G1. They had the finals uh, this past weekend, and I watched a, a few. I watched the last two nights of it, and I definitely like what I saw. But there was a few matches that definitely stood out to me that I'd like to talk about. Um, I'm not sure if you got to check it out. I know you got a lot on your plate right now with uh, the new I family did not and everything. Get to and get back into work, you know. Much I, respect. I did not actually get to watch the matches, but I did keep up with the G1 thanks to your tweets at uh, WPC Smash and yeah, no at Mike Miranda on Twitter. And I got to say, what kind of what we thought was going to happen did. A, Kenny Omega and uh, Kazuchika Okada, they fought in the semifinals, mm-hmm. and Kenny Omega won. Uh, he went over on him. This is Ken- Omega Okada 3. This was a huge match. It wasn't for the strap like the previous two were. Right. But, again, th- we knew this was going to be a showstopper, and it certainly was, I'm sure. You know, I, he- I read the highlights. I've seen, you know, clips and gifs or gifs or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> uh, but I am going to sit down and watch the whole thing when they come out on Fight TV fairly soon, I would assume. Yep. So, I mean, that was great. Kenny Omega went over to win the B block. You jump over to the A block, and the final match was Naito versus Tanahashi. That, that's who the final two were, and Naito ended up going over in points with 14. And mm-hmm. so we got a final setup of Tetsuya Naito, the leader of Los Ignobarales, New Japan's version of New World Order, versus Kenny Omega, last year's champion, you know, tournament winner, and you really, you're excited for it. And honestly, I assumed automatically, not to give away any spoilers, but that Omega was going to win this. And they were going to really, really put the rocket on Omega in New Japan. But I'm super excited to, you know, see that they didn't. And that they're going to make that U.S. title important and let Omega run with that. That's exactly what I was thinking. Because I was like, oh man, this is almost too good to be true. I mean, yeah... We want to see some more um, Okada versus Omega, but Weirdly, does it make, I still want to does see it make sense right now? Like, It's cool to give it a break. Let's let it cool down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because like you said, Omega has the, the new U.S. title, and I think they're going to make something of it. So I don't think it would be the right thing to put him into the world heavyweight scene. As much as I'm an elite fan, a Bullet Club fan, I was like, huh. This threw me for a curveball right here. I think he should be in the scene, maybe talking shit from the outside. Like, you know, this title's better than yours type deal. Mm -hmm. But uh, I agree that they need to go somewhere else feud-wise. So it was super cool to me to see, you know, hear that they put Naito over. Yeah. Because Omega, obviously, he can do no wrong right now. And he's carrying their new brand new U.S. title. So this only helps Naito, you know, right now where... Much more than it could have helped Omega, and I, I love to see him do it. It puts one more guy up in that super elite heavyweight title spot it's right now. Elite. And I'm not convinced that he can't win. So that's awesome to me. You know, they didn't yeah. they didn't put a guy over that you're not convinced that they, they're going to put the strap on him. Right. I mean, he might get that put on him. Maybe they don't want Omega to beat okada for it right now but they'll have him beat naito you know in three pay-per-views and yep, i absolutely that you crossed know I mean? my mind as well yep so 
that's where I'm at with it. I didn't get to see it, but you did. So let's hear like detail wise, you know, let's hear your top three. What were your three favorite matches of those last two nights of the tournament? And maybe a little bit uh, down the road, I'll give a little review when I see it on Fight TV when it comes out. All right. So if I'm a little biased here, I mean, all three of my final three had Bullet Club members in them. But um, I'm going to... You may be a little biased. Though. Maybe a little bit. But uh, it is what it is, man. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you in the in the order of how I liked the matches. So third from last, if you will. Okay. Starting at the bottom. All right. We had Taguchi and Ricochet versus the Young Bucks. Ricochet's my boy. Ricochet is probably the, the young best bucks are my high boys flyer too. of right now. Yeah, you our know. generation already. And, yeah, I want to see him definitely. and Neville go at it in a nice physical, that, sweet high flying match. That would be sick. Now, yeah. I don't personally know much about Taguchi, but what I know about them two together, between the two of them, there's seven junior IWGP tag team titles between the two of them with different partners. Yeah. So they they know their way around the tag team division as well. Absolutely. Um. So I'm watching this match, you know, and it's it's your classic high flying match. They're doing all their their great spots. They're doing the the young bucks, uh, most of their spots, you know, the power bomb in the corner into the enziguri, if you will. Yeah. But the main basis of this match was the young bucks were showing their layers. They were cutting the ring in half, like the brain busters, like Tully and Arn. You know, yep. classic they, tag team they're wrestling. They're working the knee of ricochet and you know to ricochet's credit because he's been criticized in the past he is selling you know he's obviously his knee was injured um so he's trying to fight through all the pain but the young bucks keep pulling him in the corner talking a lot of smack yeah are you gonna be kidding me you think this is a game like all the you know making me crack up in the middle of a match but they they do that sometimes so there was a lot of hot tags um from ricochet to taguchi but you know like i said i don't know much about him but it seems like his signature move is the hip attack he was hitting that from angle to angle off the top rope onto the outside just throwing his hip slash ass into it but the crowd was eating it up so that was his deal it was definitely cool um the end of the match, we see they're going for the sharpshooter because obviously Ricochet's leg is hurt. But then Taguchi comes in and, and hits another hip attack naturally. But then, long story short, Ricochet with one stitch effort and he's selling and the crowd's right behind him. Like he knows he's trying to smack his knee back in the whatever, like get the adrenaline going. He yep. hits a beautiful shooting star for the one, two, three, and there are new. Junior IWGP Tag Team Champions, and as a Young Buck fan, I was, I was super like, surprised what? to read that. Yeah, what? You know, but the show must go on, man. You know, it is what it is. I hey, man, I'm happy uh, that the match was good. I was super surprised to see that you know the Young Bucks lost the titles, and that instantly makes me think like, oh my god, are they going to WWE? Like, you know, is the merch train like about to hit full force? They're probably done for going to WWE right now. Yeah, because their merch is crazy. Grind it out for a while. They might as well. Um, Dude, that's awesome. That was the third match. So that was my third match on my list. (laughs) The next match was actually the main event, which was Naito and Kenny. Okay. Um, Now, this was a long match, too. Um, I think it was one of the longest matches in G1 history. I believe it was the longest. I read it. I didn't fact-checked anything about that, but I'm pretty sure it's the longest match. I don't have the facts. I think it was like 40 minutes at least. Yeah, yeah. At least a 40-minute. Because, you know, in New Japan, they do every 10 minutes. 
they have the announcer in the background like <laughs> saying like 10 minutes have expired you yeah. know um so this match a lot going on um very stiff type match and we see again as we always say everyone's getting their shits in i don't know how many deep triggers they were but they they were oof, they were stiff to the point where they're like oh do you see the sweat coming off of nino's face after he gets Kenny's knee right in his mouth, like wrecked. Yeah, it was definitely. Yeah, thank God for knee pads. That's why you have teeth, buddy. <laughs> and a lot of false finishes. Cool. Um, you know, Kenny hit a beautiful gut wrench power bomb, which you thought it was could have been over. Um, probably the move of the match for me was Kenny was on the middle rope, not, and then he moved to the top rope, and he went to do a top rope power bomb to Naito, and in midair, Naito turns into a hurricane rana. It was just sick to watch, and the crowd went nuts, and the announcers went nuts. Obviously, I was listening to the American announcers, Kevin Kelly and Cyrus. Nice. Um, I like them together. Most definitely. And they had Rocky Ramiro um, as a special guest for, yep. the, for the evening. It was just sick to hear I, I, and watch just like everyone's reaction all around. That move was awesome. Um, but then, again, a lot of back and forth from their, hitting their finishers Hitting or their signature moves, if you will. And it took about three Destinos. I think I'm saying it right. The Destino, it's kind of like um, the Sarita del Sol. Yeah. It's kind of like a twisting into a Scorpion Death Drop. That's Naito's move. Absolutely. But it's really cool. Pretty much like he did like two in a row. And after that second one, it was just a one, two, three. Um, definitely a good match, kind of long. Young Bucks lose, Kenny Omega loses, and the Young Bucks like, are standing outside the ring while Kenny lost. You uh, know, um, and then after the match, Naito deservingly so. You know, the crowd was behind him. He cut a good promo. Um, some of the boys from the Los Ignorables came out. Daryl, the cat, was there, if you will. Yeah. Um, he was there. He he cut a good speech. Thanked the crowd. He thanked them in Spanish too. I guess that's part of the. Igno Borale's gimmick, where I guess he speaks Spanish, but so we have a new G1 champion who who will go on to January 4th at Wrestle Kingdom to fight Okada, which will be an amazing show as always, and we'll definitely you know have a lot of coverage as far as Wrestle Kingdom goes in the future, dude. But that was only number two. Yes, bring it on, now, bro. What me, do you have for number, number one? Number one was War Machine versus Cody. And Hangman Page. Dude, all right. So you expect this to be a good match, but this was the best match? It, to me, it was the best match. Maybe it's my personality. Maybe it's just what I like. Totally. Everybody likes something let different me tell in a match. You, but. It's, to me, and it's not about the Bullet Club in this match. It's about War Machine. Yeah. They are metal personified. You know, they come out looking like Viking badasses, which we've talked about before. But for this one... They come out, their tune is awesome, like they're yep. about to march on everyone. They and always have good ring gear on their walkout and stuff like oh that. Oh my god. Yep. And so let me just go right into this match. I, I took a lot of notes. I've actually watched it three times and since it aired on Sunday. Damn, <laughs> um, really? Because I, I liked right. it that much. I was just... Awesome, man. And, and it's honestly there. Hanson. All right, let me just tell you. Okay, so we have in each corner, we have Cody Rhodes and Hangman Page. Hanson runs back and forth across the ring, kind of like a Vader attack or the, the whole train attack, if you want to call it. Yeah. Ten times back and forth, screaming as he's running, like, ah, really? bam, ah, bam. Oh. I counted 
Ten, ten times. He's a big boy too to be and going back and forth like that. And he puts his hands up and just yells, "War Machine!" You know. Um, I like that. Roe does the path to resistance backbreaker. Um, it's like a backbreaker to a gut buster into a gut wrenching power bomb on Hangman Page, but then Cody like. Saw it was coming because after those, the yeah, second it's move his, came, one of his signature like, moves. Like Cody yeah. came and was like, "Nope," and reverse that. That cool. was a good spot. That the way that they, shows they that they pay that attention down. to each other and stuff like that. And he knew that that was like a key move that he should right, stay away right. from. Right, and, and the night before, um, you know, they had like a four way, uh, eight on eight, whatever you want to call it, a four on four match. I'm sorry, and Cody ended up got the win on Rose. So they fought the night before. So they obviously know each other too. And 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 I'm not taking anything away from Cody. Or Hangman Page, because they were doing some sick moves as well. A lot of disaster kicks. You know, Cody, probably the first move he did was that drop-down, uppercut, you know, signature kind of Dustin Goldust move. Absolutely. Too. Like, so, yeah. But for me, I'm just saying, the War Machine, like, made me a believer. I want to follow them. I want to go back and find all their DVDs. Like, yeah. I want to see more of these guys. I'll buy your t-shirt, baby. Ways it oh, out. yeah. So then, Hanson, again, a big fella, does a handstand springboard elbow like you would see Tajiri do during the Attitude Era. Dude, really? Yeah. <laughs> I've seen him do it a couple times before and I don't really like it when big men do stuff like that, but he's oh. like so in between where it looks cool. I think he thinks he's a he's a lightweight. He <laughs> yeah, moves, he, dude. He, uh, it was awesome. I, I was, was just blown away. And then we got the decapitation which is the, the springboard elbow, like almost like the disaster kick setup. Hanson jumps off the ropes and does like the elbow clothesline while Roe has the the competitor in the German suplex. So he's getting clothesline and double su- and suplex at the same time. It's called a decapitation. They they pulled that move off and it was sick. Um but then to give to give the Bullet Club some love, Cody does the disaster kick and while he's like in the midair on the other side of the ring, you got Hangman Page do kind of like a slingshot front flip over the top rope into a lariat. So as soon as he got kicked, he turned around right into a lariat. Nice. Um, I thought that was just sweet. That sounds awesome. Um, sweet. Roe hit a fallaway slam and a power bomb. Now let me just lay this out. He has Hangman Page in the fallaway slam, almost like the, um, the world's strongest slam, if you will. He's holding him yeah. like that. But Hanson... Picks up Cody and puts Cody on Rose's shoulders in a power bomb, and he's walking around the ring with both of them. And then he jumps forward, boom, into the world's longest, strongest slam power bomb. What? That move was just so sick. And then to to top it off, Hanson goes for a moonsault, and he nails it again. Three hundred pound guy, if if not obviously more. Yeah, he's a big dude for sure. It it was just definitely sweet. And then pop-up power slam. Yeah. So like you would see, yeah. you know, almost like um, uh, American uh, Alpha, how they did their finisher move there, the the altitude move. Yeah. 
So Roe throws up Cody into Hanson's arms into a power slam. Then all of a sudden, like I said, lightweight, Hanson runs right out of the ring into a suicide plancha on the, <laughs> on the hangman page. Sweet. It, it was crazy. It, it sounded like a good match, man. Yeah. Um, but then hangman, I didn't know this about him. He hit some beautiful German suplexes. He's highly talked about on the indies. Like with the top level indies, like when the big guys come down, he's mm-hmm. the one who wrestles them. You know, and not even anymore. He's a big game, name on him. But he's got a lot of talent. And he's always had, like, a good reputation. He just nice. hasn't caught his break yet. Yeah, I, well, he opinion. deserves it. Um, yeah, he's getting it now with the Bullet Club type it, deal. And people yeah. are putting him over. Our Ring of Honor is putting him over. So, And I know I'm just calling spots here, but I got to. I mean, it's highlights all mm-hmm. around. So, um, Heyman hits a beautiful German suplex, drops Roe right on his head. Roe, like, spins around, stands up, and just hulks up on him. But then Hangman nails him with another one uh, right off the bat. And then Hangman jumps right onto the apron, hits a shooting star press standing onto Hanson on the outside. It was just like so quick, so fast. And then, you know, they're fighting on the outside now. Hanson climbs the top rope and does a front flip cannonball to the outside of the ring and, and nails Cody and really? Hangman. Damn, dude. Yeah. Um, and then they do the fallout which is their finishing maneuver, which is a sidewalk slam by Roe while Hanson does a leg drop off the top rope yeah. <laughs> uh, for the one, two, three. Again, Hanson thinks he's a lightweight. It was an overall awesome match. Dude, it sounds it. But not only that, after the match, War Machine, they're posing. Out comes the G.O.D., Gorillas of Destiny. Yeah. They get the mic, and they're pretty much saying they want their rematch. They say the, those belts look good, but they look good on us. Yeah. Now, while that's going on, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Davey Boy Smith Jr. and his partner, Archer, Lance Archer, lay waste to everyone in the ring. Tamatanga tries to hit the RKO, whatever they call it, the gun trigger. Yeah. The RKO on, on Davey Boy. Davey Boy catches him, puts him into the power bomb in their finisher, the KSE, I believe. Yeah. Oh, KES, I'm sorry, Killer Elite Squad. Their move is a double sit-down power bomb. So he grabs him in the cutter and puts him into the power bomb and Archer comes over and slams him through. Oh yeah. And then um Archer's choke slamming everyone and then we see on Hansen who's the biggest guy in the ring at this point. Davy Boy picks him up for a power slam but then flips him over into a scorpion death drop and then they're just posing hard and they yeah. grab the mic and say Killer Elite Squad is back. I think they've been out since February. Archer had an injury. Yeah, he's been out a lot. They're saying time. that they're back and they're the killer elite squad and everyone's gonna be killed. New Japan, baby. Yeah, Too I sweet. was just like, Woo, that was so to me, with everything I just said, that was the match and I can't stop talking about it. I would watch it again right now if you ask me to. <laughs> I like that match that much. Dude, it sounds super good. I'm definitely gonna check it out, man. And uh, you know, as soon as this stuff starts airing in the United States and everybody's taking a look at it, we're gonna go over a lot more of this mm-hmm. tournament, I'm sure. So I mean, I really enjoyed it. Appreciate your insight and uh let's uh wrap up G one for now until we get to see it a little more. Yeah, most definitely. So, like you said, we're going to wrap it up. And uh, we're actually going to throw it over to Pipster for some... Fantasy News! Pipster's bold predictions of the week. Yeah! What's going on, everybody? I'm super excited to be here this week. I'm going to go over the AFC South and NFC North. 
uh, for the bold predictions of the week here. So let's just jump right into it and let's get this going. So from the AFC South, we got the Houston Texans. Um, I have predicted for this team that Lamar Miller will lose his starting running back uh, job. And um, Deshaun Watson will not start until week 10. And just to go over that a little bit or go a little more in depth on that. Uh, Lamar Miller, uh, he's not going to be the starter. I mean, he, he might be titled the starter, but it's going to be a huge mix-up, like our mashup between him and Alpha Blue. Uh, Alpha Blue looked pretty good during the preseason, and Lamar Miller is not a workhorse back. So that's my take on that. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts, uh, Frank Gore will retire during the season, and Andrew Luck will not crack the top 10 quarterbacks. I think this injury is going to linger a lot longer than people think. Uh, he, he, what, he came out his rookie season or the season after that, and he blew up the world, but he's not coming back to form. That's just how that is going to be. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I have them winning the division. Um, I know their offense is, well, it's, it's mostly Blake Bortles that's the uh, tearing them down, but their defense is stellar. Um, I, I really think they're going to try to slow down the games. Uh, Fournette was injured during the, the preseason, so we'll see how this one goes. Um, but uh, I do have them losing in the first game of the playoffs. So they'll get it. They'll, they'll win their division, but they will crap themselves when they make it to the playoffs. Next up, we have the Tennessee Titans, uh, Marcus Mariota. Uh, he's going to rush for more yards than <laughs> DeMarco Murray. Fire! Um, and I, I believe Derrick Henry is going to overtake Murray this season. Uh, reason behind this is I think DeMarco Murray, he might be done. He has a crap ton of touches in his career. Like, a lot of tread has been worn off these tires, and I think he's done this season. I, you know, he's, he's going to do okay the first couple games maybe, but slowly Derrick Henry is going to take him over. Um, I know I kept him in our Dynasty League, and I, I'm, I guess this is wishful thinking now, but uh, I really think he's going to uh, – Derrick Henry is going to overtake DeMarco Murray. And Marcus Mariota is going to have, when that change takes over, he'll have more rushing yards. We'll see how that one goes. Uh, jumping over to the NFC South, we got the Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons. Um, I have them not making the playoffs. That's right. A Super Bowl team that is going to come back this season and not make it to the Super Bowl or even the playoffs. Uh, so I got Devontae Freeman uh, will not crack the top 20 running backs. Tevin Coleman will be a top 15 running back. Now, here's the thing here. They, Devontae Freeman just got paid, right? So expecting big, huge things from him, but I don't see it happening, guys. I think he's a gadget player. I know they used him well, but guess what? Kyle Shanahan is out of there. This system is going to fall apart without the right leadership, and I don't think Freeman's going to be used. They'll try to mimic what they did last year, but I think a lot of teams are going to be you know, pervy of it. So I don't think he's going to do it. Let me know what you think at WPC Smash. Hit us up. Uh, Carolina Panthers, uh, Cam Newton will not have a rushing touchdown or uh, a 1,000-yard receiver. Now, I think things are going to run through uh, McCaffrey, uh, their rookie running back. Um, I think he will come close more. I think he will come closer than any receiver, wide receiver on the team to cracking 1,000 yards. But I think the time of Cam Newton is done. Uh, they're trying to protect him more. They're not letting him rush as much. He was like the leading goal rush, uh, goal line rusher on their team. But he's... 
he's too much of a franchise player to be able to keep doing that. Um, and with his injury history, I just don't see him having a rushing touchdown. Uh, that's my bold prediction for the Panthers. Um, New Orleans Saints, Adrian Peterson will rush for more than 1,000 yards, so I'm, I'm saying Peterson's coming back to form. I think a lot of people have a negative uh, feeling about Adrian Peterson, old, yada, 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 injury, lost a year, blah, 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 blah. I think he's going to still, in terms of running backs in their current state, he's going to light the world on fire. Um, but saying that with 1,000 yards rushing, I think Mark Ingram is going to be the vulture of all touchdown opportunities. And that might be kind of plain Jane, but I really see Adrian Peterson as just rushing from over 1,000, well over 1,000, and then Mark Ingram just stealing all the touchdowns and having like, I don't know, 600 yards on the season. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, So I have... uh, Obviously, I have Mike Evans on my dynasty team, so I might be biased, but I think this kind of... Might show that I'm not as biased as some may think. Uh, I have them having two 1,000-yard receivers, um, all having double-digit touchdowns. And I'm saying Mike Evans will not be one of the two. I don't think Mike Evans is going to be a 1,000-yard receiver and a double-digit touchdown maker, one or the other. I want the touchdowns. It's probably not going to happen, but the weapons that they have, there's going to be multiple 1,000-yard receivers on that team. I don't think Mike Evans is going to have the double dip, though. So that takes care of it for this week, guys. Uh, the AFC South, NFC South this week. Uh, next week we have coming up is uh, the AFC East and NFC East. I'll be uh, giving my bold predictions for those ones. And, um, yeah, so just touching other other things here uh, leading up to our Dynasty Draft, which I am super excited for. Uh, it's coming up this weekend, so listen in next week uh, to hear all the craziness that happened. Uh, I believe some big things are going to happen, but, you know, we'll wait. We'll see. We have a new guy coming into the league, see what he does with his team. Uh, I think he's going to have to rebuild that team. But, you know, I'll go in more in depth into our league and what I think about each team and uh, the draft uh, results and things like that. So um, thank you guys very much uh, for listening. I'm going to send it back to you in the studio. Yeah. Right, thanks, Pipster, for those bold predictions. Peter, straight fire. Pants dropped fire. Woo-hoo. So those were definitely some bold predictions. Uh, Mariota rushing for more yards than Demarco Murray. That's like shooting for skip shit, like you know, bitterless <laughs> attention. Like, let me just throw out ridiculous shit so people get mad at me. Pip, are you nuts? I mean, DeMarco Murray is not done. It sounds like clickbait, buddy. Nobody wants to hear that garbage. We'll, we'll see, though. That's but, not even close. And, and I hear you saying, fire. And I know that you're aiming that at me because you know that I'm keeping DeMarco Murray in my fantasy team. So uh, we shall see. There's no and, way. In, dude, there's no way. And no straight way. up, okay, next subject. Cam Newton, no rushing touchdowns. Come on, son. That's way more realistic than not a single rushing touchdown. I, I know mean, we only got like happen, five, but last that's why year. it's a bold prediction. That's fine. It's that's bold, a, but yeah, but like saying the quarterback's gonna outrun the running back, that's craziness. But I'm with you. That's a bold prediction. I'm not on. I'm, I don't think that's gonna happen. But that's a bold prediction. I'd all be, right, all right. But and it's I also, realistic. <laughs> I also like your prediction um, for Adrian Peterson, but I just don't think it will happen. 
I don't think he's going to get a thousand yards. I think he's going to be more, maybe in the eight hundred. Yeah, spectrum. he's gonna he's gonna get some yards, and I like, but I like that it's bold. But I'm hoping he gets a thousand because I'm rooting for Peterson. I've always liked Peterson since I've had him on my fantasy yeah. teams in years past. Fan of switching your kids in the front yard. Duh, man. <laughs> but no, I, you know I'm rooting for him, and I'd like to see him with a new team just prove everyone wrong. So he, he could get a ring if it, you know he's not gonna get one this year. He picked the wrong team, and he had a choice from what I understand. So <laughs> wow. it is what it is. Yeah. So, thanks again, Pipster, for those bold predictions. Right on, man. Fantasy time is coming, baby. Thanks, Pip. Yeah, can't wait. And now it's time, ladies and gentlemen, to smash this podcast with some pop culture. We got music. We got movies. We got comics, video games, collectibles, and more. Smash! All right, we don't really have all that much today for pop culture, so I'm going to kick it over to Mike real quick, and we're going to talk about a little Sonic. We ran really long with G1 and other stuff like yeah. that, so we're just going to lay out some quick stuff on Sonic coming out. That's kind of the biggest thing for us this week, and uh, Mike, tell them why it's so cool and why it's a big thing for well, us. Well, we might have talked about it before, but it's actually coming out, so I'm really excited yeah, about it. Yeah, it's real now. Yeah, I'll be getting mine on Thursday. I got the collection's edition of sonic mania um okay what's the collector's edition collector's edition you're gonna get a statue which is a sega genesis console with sonic the hedgehog standing on it okay so that's awesome yeah right there and when you if you flip the power button it does the classic sega ah, that... and then you get a cartridge and the cartridge has the sonic mania logo on it but if you pull it down there's a, a sonic ring in there and what they're saying is, you know, if you're about to die, as long as you have one Sonic ring on you, you know you're not going to die. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, it comes um, with the DLC code for whatever system you get it for. Um, it's coming out the 15th for PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. Okay. It's not coming out till the 29th, I believe, for PC. It got pushed back a little bit for PC. What are you getting it on? I'm getting it on the Switch. Because I wanted to give my Switch a little bit of love. And, yeah. And, 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 you know, That's a get, cool game get, to get, get some more Switch. games. Yeah. Absolutely. Because you can bring it on the go. And with this game, it's going back to 2D. Some of the levels are reimagined. So, like, the first world you go into is Green Hill Zone. Nice. But it's just, like, it's the same but not. Yeah, 20 years later, Green Hill yeah. Zone. Yeah, it's going to be and, great. And um, I'm reading that some of the bosses are the, are the same, but some are awesome. Where, like, one of the bosses you have to play Puyo Puyo, which is... A Japanese version of Tetris to yeah. beat the boss to get to the next stage. So I'm ex- nice. I'm really excited to play it. Um, right. Like I said, I ordered mine on Amazon, so I'll be getting mine Thursday. I'll do an unboxing and show everyone what the what the statue actually looks like. Cool, man. Yeah, let's definitely um, do that. And, and, you know, we can definitely check that out. All right, man. Sonic, dude. I'm super excited for it. We're going to give you guys an unboxing and an update. And one last small piece for pop culture, man. This one's a little bit of wrestling involved, but it's near and dear to my heart. Dude, 20th anniversary of D-Generation X. Tell me why D-Generation X is pop culture. Let me tell you, because ever since it started, it has not been out of my mind. It started 20 everybody years knows, ago. Everybody knows the crock shop. Yeah, That's and, pop and, culture. And, and it go yes, and it goes into pop culture. It's it's not just wrestlers who do suck it. Not D-Generation X, no. Yeah, you, you got football players, you got baseball players, you got movie stars. If Everyone, you, even if you don't watch wrestling, you know what sucker. that means, and it came from wrestling, and it came from Degeneration X, and this is the 20 year anniversary 
of that group coming together. And um, I mean, I, th- I would think most people know, but for those out there who don't, the original members of DX at that time were Shawn Michaels, mm-hmm. Triple H, China, and the manager, the you know old timer of the group, Rick Rude. That's you know, right. a lot of people forget about him, but he was there right at the beginning, and he was kind of the mouthpiece. Doing you know, obviously Sean could talk, but he was kind of doing the business work. He was the him. enforcer. Yeah, he, he had that briefcase with him. He's using it in the matches, like yeah. doing the cheap heat. And he, yeah, exactly. And he yeah. got a lot of that heel stuff over, and he did a lot of like the crap talking. You know what I mean? The other yeah. guys did it in the ring. Shawn Michaels always did his thing, but he was never really like a total like. I'm going to beat you up kind of guy. Like, he did it real more subliminally. Right. And uh, so Rick Rude was more of that. I'm the big bully kind of guy. I guess that's a good word for it. Yeah, and I'm getting chills right now because I can't think of not liking DX. I, I had the first DX t-shirt. I'm sure. Which, a lot of which wasn't do. even that classic uh, black and gray one that said two words, suck it, on the back. Yeah. This one was black with a, a red X out of blood on the front. And it says, we'll beat you up and we'll steal your girlfriend on the back. Now, here I am, 11 years old. I bought that shirt at Store 24 in Webster because back then, wrestling was hot and you could buy wrestling gear anywhere. But yep. So here I am, an 11-year-old dude <laughs> walking around with that, that T-shirt. But I thought I was the, the coolest guy. And I couldn't wait every Monday to see what Degeneration X, you know, was going to do. And there were millions and millions it. of people Just, waiting yeah. every Monday to see what Degeneration X was going to do. And that's why we included this part in pop culture, you know. Um, it's still a part of pop culture today. You still see the crotch chops in mm-hmm. uh, various sporting events or whatever. And it's, you know, we just wanted to shout out a little bit to, to our boys in Degeneration X. You know, for me, all of them, all of them, yeah, all the various the members. That's right. Over periods, I think of time. Mike Tyson was even a member of DX he, twice. You wore the shirt a few times. The <laughs> DX Army, and then you got X Pac, you got the New Age Outlaws, and of course, you know Shawn Michaels, Triple H, like you said. Yeah, the core. That's like mm-hmm. for me, those are the two guys that made it all happen. You know, the Outlaws were a big part of G Generation X to me. You know, that was a little bit later on, but they they were really you know popular. At oh yeah, that time they were hot. Yep. So man, shout out to Degeneration X. Happy twentieth anniversary. Yeah, man, most definitely. And uh, if you're not down with that, we here at WPC Smash got two words for you. Subscribe <laughs> to us. <laughs> That's three words. <laughs> All right, dude. Another good week. Yeah. I enjoy doing this with you, man. And I'm super stoked to see what happens at SummerSlam. And that's what we're going to hopefully have for you guys next week. Too sweet. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll catch you next week. Too sweet. You can find us on Twitter at WPC Smash. Or on our website, WPCSmash.wordpress.com where you can find current and past episodes, a donation button, and links for iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, brother.